a lot of times people realize that money makes happiness, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You can be have money and be comfortable, but you can buy as many Gucci, Louis. Don't get me wrong. I like nice shit. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> but, with the, hold up. He ain't talking about the rose. He ain't talking about the, he ain't talking about the bus out there. <laughs> but at the same time, and I tell people this all day, every day, all this stuff could be gone. Mm. But you have to come back to your morals. Could I get it back? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the drive when you got to bet on self and realize that, you know, not being complacent, but understanding that this can go away tomorrow. Right. And so when I had to start over from nothing after, you know, three houses and cars. Talk about it. That's what I wanted. You know, boats and things like that to sleeping on your brother's couch. Mm. And, uh, you know, thinking this stuff going to fall out the sky because all the stuff you did for other people. And, oh, it's you not know, coming back full circle. It's not coming back full circle. But then you learn, too, man. I had a lot of money at a young age, but I didn't. And I talked to people about this. I said, you know, I was the big dog in the circle, but I should have been making my circle the oval. Mm. But surrounding myself with other people, the things that I didn't know about, mm-hmm. real estate, investment, stock market, all those things. I mean, I rented. I could have owned Right, just because you ain't even know, you know what I mean? Because myself, I'm balling, but I was paying off somebody else's dreams. Exactly. And, you know, when you you really dig down to the details, like, man, if I just would have elevated my circle, and elevating your circle means you're going to lose people who you think you're friends. And a lot of times they're not. Exactly. People fall into that. You know, all those things. But then when you got to say no... <laughs> you find out who your real people are. You find out real quick. And I bet that kind of hurts you too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, as the as the man, as the person, the alpha, the person that's like bringing the family or your friends or whatever, yeah. being used to, you know what I'm saying? Just taking care of them just because they're your yeah. people. And you already don't want to say no. Because you like, damn, if I say no, now it's like, damn, I don't got it. And right. I've been having it for so long. Oh, that's a good point right How there. to deal so with that. So that probably even hits you too. Regardless of their reaction, is just the fact that I got to say no because I can't no yeah. more. Ego is a killer. Boy. Pride is a killer. When I tell you that, because even when I was had that 200, I was still living like I had the million because I was still, you know, helping people, helping people, helping people because I didn't want to appear that I didn't have it. That I lost. Yeah. So, but when I moved back to D.C. and... Uh, uh, you know, now I'm back with my brother. I'm on, you know, these, and I, I got these three huge storage units. Mm. And one of my, oh, yeah, don't worry about me. I'm going to pay that, da, 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 and take care of. Well, that didn't happen. Mm. So now you lost all your three story. houses of storage units. That's why I hate that show that come on. The storage, storage wars. wars. Yo, because somebody, <laughs> somebody hit the jackpot. <laughs> they hit the jackpot. Because they got to keep your shit, huh? Man. You talking everything. about all the Versace furniture? I mean, everything. Bro. Oh, you talking about? I hate hearing these stories because I'd be really, that's how I really be at home. Do I really be like, oh. All right, Moguls in the Making, episode 15, Ronnie Jefferson. Let's do it again. Episode 15, Moguls in the Making. Episode 15, Moguls in the Making. <laughs> <laughs> Moguls in the Making, episode 15, Ronnie Jefferson dropping a lot of jewels. Stay tuned. Back and we back, man. Mogul's in the making. Episode 15. Man, we back. I'm your host, Amari Heffler. Man, we 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 back like we never left. I'm your host, Teron Johnson. You know we about to get to it today. We got something special for y'all for sure. Man, we definitely do. First, see, we're gonna hop kind of into the business spotlight. Um, I'll kind of pop off, you know. We uh you know, by the time y'all see this, we we should have probably about maybe like five other closings yeah. um, done probably by that time. And 
our 10 unit probably would be done by that time. Man. So we let y'all know, obviously, the news a little bit ago, you know, that we was working on that. But that would be done, refinanced, all of that stuff. So we kind of coming around that corner as far as just cleaning up a lot of stuff. So that was a goal for me and T this year. And uh, we got a lot of private money, too. That's I mean, it's not here, but it's like in the works and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we probably raised another... You know, between like two, three hundred thousand or whatever, just for our everyday, you know, business. So by this time, we've raised probably like, I don't know, maybe like three to three to four million in private money mm-hmm. in total or mm-hmm. something like that so far. So that's just a kind of quick little update. Absolutely, man. And just also on the flip side of the business, you know, um, we, we talk a lot about the wholesale business and just what it is. And just to kind of give you all an idea, like we a lot of people say, you know, getting into rentals and stuff like that like that's a cash flowing business but if you really look at the numbers of some of those people's uh, properties and stuff like that like is it really cash flowing you know what i'm saying like after you go back and pay all those expenses because you got properties in these horrible areas and stuff mm-hmm. like that where the tenants is terrible and they tore the property up by the time they get out of that they actually sometimes take they taking the l now over time is it building wealth yes i mean you pan down probably a, a mortgage or something like that um you know having somebody else pay it off but if you like i'm looking at the wholesale business and, to, and and us going back into it as more of a cash flowing business for us because we know what we can make out of that business. You can you can set your numbers up and you know read your KPIs and and do that mm-hmm. as much as possible um, in order for you to say, hey, we're definitely making this every month. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like even in bad months, this is what we normally make. Our, our higher months, this is what we normally make. Uh, so I feel like we're just getting back to that. That's something that I'm happy about. You know, in the business and just being able to the faster money that's able to come in to, to really help the business flow as a whole. And then, you know, as we move forward, like we said, we've got a 10-unit um, building, and we're going to start to pick up properties just in better areas with better tenant bases and just do a little bit uh, different things when it comes to that. But think about that when you're getting into the rental industry and stuff like that, man. Um, it, it's definitely a, a, a great, you know, wealth builder for sure, but it's not money today. For the most part, yeah, you, you know still need it. We cut, <laughs> we cut our plumbing, our water water line off with, as far as the wholesaling goes, you know, um, and bought a ton of properties, and it was still it's it's kind of like you managing money, you know exactly. what I'm saying? And you're seeing a lot come in, but still a lot is going out, you know, at, mm-hmm. at, you know, in certain cases. So you know, and then me and Tyrone was talking, and we was like, that right there, mm-hmm. that right there is the cash flow business, exactly. You know, our mentorship yeah. that we got and. Being able to consistently provide value, show you guys where we, you know, like that, where we dropped the ball at, where we didn't have maybe certain people. And we come to y'all super raw. Like, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? How we come, our whole brand, our whole demeanor is very raw and it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, people sell a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like we've been giving out just different game that people just can't give out if you're not going through it exactly you know what i'm saying it's like yeah i understand the burn method but you don't understand how a bank will actually look at that you don't understand if you really cash flowing or not you don't even understand what the debt to ink you i mean your uh, debt coverage service ratio Mm -hmm. is that you're not going to be able to burr out because your stuff your stuff don't meet the rental requirements you know what i'm saying exactly real life stuff absolutely yeah yeah. and if y'all haven't heard about it get with it it's right behind us Moguls in the making mentorship, man. We got people in there. They doing they one dude did a deal in his first week and made eighty five hundred dollars at in what two weeks? You know what I'm saying? With them being in the program. Didn't know uh, nothing. Didn't know nothing. Real estate. You know Zero. Zero knowledge. We helped him wholesale a property. Um we got somebody in the mentorship within his first three weeks, bought his flip. 
Um, that's now going on the market. He's about to make between sixty, seventy thousand on that property. Uh, so we're giving out a lot of game, man. It's not Bless just real estate, you know what I'm saying? So most definitely. But uh, without further ado, man, we most definitely, you know, you know, I gotta hit it. <laughs> My God, the big dog on campus over here, man. We got Ronnie Jefferson. He's the senior vice president of merchandise marketing. Yeah, for finish actually, line. Actually, it's um, you know it's a general merchandise manager. Okay. So basically, you know, when you go inside a Macy's store, you see finish line stores inside there. That's what my my team buys for every one of those stores. And Sheesh. you're the vice president of that. Senior vice president. Senior. Don't, 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 don't forget the senior. Can I get a clap? Can I get a clap? A round of applause in yeah. the yellow one. I think it's the yellow one. <laughs> Come on, man. That should be some like senior. <laughs> For real, man. Pleasure to have you on, man. Appreciate uh, you taking the time out, coming chop it up with us. No, nah, it's a pleasure being here, man. 100%. Yeah. Is there anything off limits, Ronnie? Nothing, man. You guys are probably, well, you haven't seen or heard, but I'm pretty raw with it. Yeah, most definitely. I, I like to give people the real. Yeah, most definitely. Because I think if you don't get real, you water it down, and you know, you have a lot of people think about false things of. You know, they think it's one thing and it's something different. Absolutely. And that's what he was just talking about, man. Like, we super transparent with our community. When we, like, like talking about that, like, we can sit up here and act like that the rental game has been so great to us. We own over 60 properties. We can sit up here and be like, I'm telling you, y'all need to get in this. Let me teach y'all this. And then you get into it and be like, damn. They yeah. didn't say all this yeah, came he, with he, it. He left that part out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm all saying? The glitter. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but speaking of that, you know, tell us a little bit about... um you know, where you came from, yeah. you know, growing up and kind of what evolved you and and, and what that did for you, you know, in, in becoming the person that you are today. Yeah. So um, I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people say they're from D.C., then it'd be like Fairfax or Springfield. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not really D.C. That ain't D.C. I'm Southeast D.C. Okay. okay. Um, in the hood. Most um, definitely. So, and I wouldn't change anything about that because I learned so much about, um, you know, the grind, the struggle, mm-hmm. and how to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons, limes, and whatever else you can throw in it. Most definitely. But, um, but yeah, I grew up there, and, you know, I'm a single, single parent with mother. And, uh, you know, it was, it was tough. But one thing we learned was because you're living in the hood that you're going to have a clean house. You ain't got to live like you're in the projects, you know. And we had chores. We had... Everything to the point where I knew how to wash clothes without having a washing machine. We put the mm. detergent yep. in the in the tub, in the and, you, and you walk them joints. You hear me? You what? know what I'm saying? So we knew no matter what, you can always have clean clothes, clean house, and uh, you know those those are values you, you just you don't you don't forget. It just laid a foundation from you. But yeah, exactly. Oh, build build building character. A lot of, a lot of character. Did. A lot of character. But uh, not only that, it's just, you know, the surroundings that I was surrounded with. It was a lot of crime, everything going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thank goodness for Boys and Girls, Boys and Girls Club, you know, that kind of saved me. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, man, it was, it was a tough situation. But at the same time, I learned so much. I learned right. how to survive. I learned everything. <laughs> so That's what's up, man. Now, even with that, you know, where does your story go from there? You was in D.C. You went to high school in D.C. Yep. 
So actually, so I went to high school in DC. I played basketball. Okay, I but, ain't know that now. We, I ain't know all that now. Right, let me find uh, out yeah. you was hooping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might, have to, hey. might be a bucket <laughs> I, I was hooping, and then you know, then I moved from DC. I moved to Woodbridge, Virginia. Right? Okay, okay. Um, and like I said, I had I had two two knee injuries mm. that pretty much I thought that I was going to be going to college and doing great things, and then these two knee knee injuries that took that out. So right. In the meantime, I was working at Foot Locker. Okay. And so okay. I learned, I love. It's about a, to be a full circle story. I <laughs> had a love for sneakers at a, at a young age. So, Word. so when everything happened, you know, uh, they loved me, man, because I could sell, you know, anything. <laughs> Water had, to a well. I mean, I had the personality. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing was I was selling you something. If you came to the store, I'm, right. you leave with something you didn't even come to get. So, mm-hmm. um, so when that happened, you know, I, I didn't go, I couldn't afford to go to college. I was about to say And I that. didn't do the ac- academics to, you know, to get, you know, scholarship or something like that to college. So I, I worked. So, mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, two weeks after I graduated, I was moved to Richmond, Virginia. Okay. They offered me a, a management job and, uh, for Foot Locker. And then everything kind of spiraled from there. Now, <laughs> well, I was about to say, right. well, <laughs> you know, I could sell real good, but I was the worst manager in management history. Man, well, why man, is that? What though? you had going on? Take me back to that time. Oh, but how was man? How was the spot? Was you just not opening it up on time? Oh just... no, not with none of that. I, I, oh, okay, I, what happened? I, I had anger management issues. Mm. So you was going off on customers or the workers? Oh, the workers. It's my way or the highway. Mm. And uh, you know, I, I didn't have those skills around that, so it didn't matter if you. I was coming in and firing people on my first day. They were like, "Hey, what?" <laughs> the manager's like, "Hold on, man. We said, just, I'm the manager in here now. We just gave you keys. <laughs> you new sheriff in I town, big like, dog in town. Man. For real, you ain't like my way. That was it. So, long story short, man, they said, "Listen, I had just moved here. I've probably been there. It, I want to say maybe about four or five months." They were like, man, this ain't working out. Mm-hmm. Either you can take these anger management courses mm-hmm. or, you know, you can be going back home to D.C. Right. So, now, how old was you around this time? Uh, man, I was 19, 20. Oh, okay. So you were still young. I mean, oh, I was young. Because, like, somebody told me at that age, hey, bro, go go to therapy or go take, like, man, anger management. I feel like I wouldn't. I would have been like, what? Bro, Listen, I don't need none of that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so competitive, though. Mm-hmm. I hate to lose. Right. So to me, that would have been losing going back. To D.C. D.C. saying you failed. Right. And so that wasn't going to happen. For sure. So because um, I was I was the best ever in selling because I was competitive. Right. Right. So in this situation, I had to learn real quick. And, you know, and the funny thing about that, they were taking those courses, what I learned was, you know, it was a six, it was actually going to be a three-month course. Okay. But I stayed on for another four months because once I learned the art of dealing with people, then I said, oh, wait a minute. Now I can be the puppet master. Oh, so it actually helped. It really did actually help you. Oh, no, no. First I was going through it like, okay, me knock this out and then I'm going to be back. Right. But when I started learning around, you know, a lot of times when you arguing with someone, mm-hmm. it ain't really, you forget what, what is you you're actually even arguing about. Exactly. You're just throwing stuff It's out. really about how somebody approached you. Mm. And it's on that. And, and and the thing is, was too, I learned I had to listen, not just to answer. Right? I'm I mean, sorry, listen just to respond. 
because I already had my response, whatever I was going to say to you, no matter what you <laughs> said to me, I already knew what I was going to say. But when I started listening, to listen, not just to, to respond, then I started to learn real quick about um, the art of negotiation, how to read people. For sure. How to look at their body language, how to diffuse the situation where, you know, you, you preparing for someone and you, they, they think you upset. They think you angry. Right. They coming in like this already. Right. You come in and say, hey, you got a moment? I want to talk to you about a few things before you talk. I want to get through a few things. Would you mind if I, you know, you, you let me talk before you. And they're looking at you like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what you, like, you got to say? Go yeah. ahead. And okay. then you start out of, out of disappointment versus anger. Mm. Then they don't, know how, they don't know how to prepare for that. Right. You know, it's almost like. They are expecting me rah rah rah. I'm like, nah, man. You know what, man? Let me lay this out. And if this was happening, if you, if if, if I did this, 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 and you, how would you feel? Push it back to them. Right. Ninety nine percent of the time, they're like, oh, now that you said it like that. But had you walked in there on some, you done did this, yeah. this, this, and this, man. You gonna have to. You gotta fit. Now it's, it's like exactly. They are. They already prepared for that. Exactly. They so ready they already to come coming out. in, already guns blazing. You the first, and you go a little because they know what they did. It's just the way that you brought it to them. And I use that not only in personal, but also the art of negotiation mm-hmm. with millions and millions of dollars worth of deals, mm-hmm. dealing with shoe vendors or different vendors, or and then at home, personal stuff. Hey, I'm about you to arguing say, about the most dumbest shit. Exactly. I was about to say, do you and take that home to like your absolutely. personal marriage? Because like, I noticed that I do that too. Like, I, I, I did the same thing. I had to take like some classes and stuff like that when I was working with um, like um, – it was it was some it was some youth like troubled youth when I was uh when I first got done playing basketball and like I was going through the little classes you know what I'm saying but then I was like damn this is actually kind of kind of dope because like this helped me argue with my girl like <laughs> like <laughs> for real it was like that though it's more like why am I yeah just let her talk listen listen understanding understanding communication cures all fellas. it does so let me let me jump into this though Ryan because you said something where you was like you know you use this. You keep saying the art of negotiation. Have you read the? Uh, I was going. What's, what's that book? Uh, uh, Never split the difference. I have not. Have you heard of that? But I'm gonna I'm put that on my list. Hey, hey that's a good one. Ronnie, Chris Voss, Never split the difference. He like a. Forgive me if I'm wrong. It's been a couple years, but I think he was like, he was like a like a top FBI agent, or he uh-huh. was part of like the the head negotiation team for people who go in and they doing for, heist and yeah, all of this stuff. Yeah, for SWAT around the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he was like their number one negotiator. Wrote a book called Never Split the Difference and just go through different techniques and stuff like that. Body language, how they did this crazy scenario. So I'm saying that to say, run us through a deal that you had to go through when you was negotiating something with yeah. uh, Finish Line, wh- wh- wherever sure. you was at. What's, what's something that was a, a big deal that you was kind of in negotiations with? How oh, yeah. So when I first came to Finish Line, we had bought um, about a 135,000 pairs of Stan Smith Ice. <laughs> so it was a Stan Smith shoe with the ice bottoms, yeah. different colors and all that. So they, again, I, I first came to finish line. And so they bombed. We had about, we bought 135,000 pairs. We probably had about 80,000 pairs sitting in the D.C. Damn. And we out there at this point now, I think the shoe's out, you know, $29.99. Right. <laughs> right. So now... I got to get them to take these shoes back. Mm. 80,000 pairs. Yeah. Okay. 
Break that down. So that's tough. You know, you 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 can do one of two things, right? Because again, in this business, you don't want to burn bridges, right? I can come in as the bully and I can say, "Hey, you need to take these shoes back," or I'm canceling everything, right? Mm-hmm. Or I can come in and say, "Listen, man, we got eighty thousand pairs here." In the meantime, you got these five new styles that's coming in right here. Over the next six months, that's almost about 350,000 pairs. Right. Which you would agree that these are going to sell. Absolutely. But based on my budget and what I have, these can't come in unless these go oh, away wow. somehow. Mm-hmm. And I would hate for those not to come in knowing that you know they're going to sell. So hey, man. what would you do? <laughs> Damn, Ronnie over here, Jay Prince. Hey. <laughs> and you slide, you say, so what would you do? And the same person is going to say, well, if we take these 80,000 back, we got 380, so it's going to come in. It's an easy scenario. Right. Versus I could just come in and say, listen, hey, these right here, oh, we're going to cancel. Yeah. If you want to send me some free shoes, fine, but these all cancel. But then I'm pegged as that guy. Right. At the end of the day, yep. you won't in, in, in negotiating or in communication, you gonna have to agree to disagree. Everything ain't gonna be a yes. But how you say no is everything. It makes for the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. They gotta respect you. And you know, you know, again, now there's certain things you have to bite the bullet on. Like maybe say if I had a uh a SMU, a special makeup, you told me, man, I did not want to do this green shoe with the pink bottom. I said, no, nah, you need to make it for me. And it fails, I can't come back to you and say, hey, I, these hundred thousand, these they ain't they ain't selling. So right. that's unethical, right? Exactly. It's a special makeup. So those negotiations like that where, you know, it, it's gotta make sense for everybody. So they took the shoes back, I'm guessing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. Did they take them back? <laughs> they made the smart decision when it's, it's all said and done. Yeah, that's I mean, that's just what it is. What would you do? They they would have did that. At the end of the you day. You know what I'm saying? Um now, yeah. we did introduce you, you know what I'm saying, as the senior vice president. But I was watching something. It was, it was, a, um, it was a, um, a speech that you gave like 10 years ago. I don't know if you know it's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, that was a dope speech, by the way. Yeah. That was a dope speech. Um, it, it was a tough year. Uh, we had an extremely tough year. And, um, and we had a lot of speakers that, that came through. We had the managers. We had a tough year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as people was going through... I was just jotting things down on my iPad, right? Mm-hmm. And just talking to myself around things. And then when I had to get up and do the speech, a lot of things that I had jotted down, it just started coming off the dome. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people already looked like they was already, had already failed. or they Right. So I shared my own personal story mm-hmm. with them, letting them know that, you know, there's going to be some times and days that, you know, you're going to feel like you ain't worthy or you're exactly. not, or you, you, you know, like, like you don't mean anything. Man. And, and that, that's what I wanted to dig into yeah. is because you had an entertainment uh, business oh, yeah. as well, right? Oh, yeah, man. I I want to dig into that. Yeah. Like, what was that for one? And Ronnie then start smiling on yeah. <laughs> And then with that, you said that, you know, at a certain point it was doing really well. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, man. The best thing that happened to me was losing a million dollars. <sighs> And, you know, it's, it's so crazy because, <laughs> you know, this thing called life, man. I've been through everything, concert on concert promoter, nightclub owner, in that business for 11 years. Um, I mean, I've, been, I, I've, I've seen it all. 
Right. But at the same time, it's like you realize sometimes you can get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you realize that uh, no one's going to run the job like you. And when you have your hand in so much, right, and you rely on the people, you get a little bit complacent. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I had $35,000 every week of profits, you know. And and at this time, this is the club that you own? Yeah, we had, I had two nightclubs. So was that here or was that back? No, this, back was, this was actually in Augusta, Georgia, in Columbia, South Carolina. What's the name okay. of them? So Club Versace was in Augusta. Club Versace? Yeah. And then, that's uh, not and then Secrets in uh, Columbia, which people back there, they don't, they don't know what Secrets is. Secrets too. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, we had a nice, had a nice run. But at the same time, it's just like everything goes up, things go down. And what you learn in that instant is that the people who you think will, won't. Mm. The ones you think won't, will. Actually will. Mm. Damn. Um, but you know, it was, when I say, was the best thing that happened happened to me because I think when you start believing that more money will, a lot of times people realize that money makes happiness and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You can be have money and be comfortable, but you can buy as many Gucci, Louis, don't get me wrong, I like nice shit. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> but, with the, hold up, he ain't talking about the rose. He ain't talking about the. He ain't talking about the bus out there. He, <laughs> but at the same time, and I tell people this all day, every day, all the stuff could be gone. Mm. But you, you have to come back to your morals. Could I get it back? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the drive when you got to bet on self and realize that you know not being complacent, but understanding that this can go away tomorrow. Right. And so when I had to start over from nothing, after, you know, three houses and <laughs> Talk about it. That, that's what I wanted. And, you know, I, boats and things phew. like that to sleeping on your brother's couch. Mm. And, uh, you know, thinking the stuff's going to fall out the sky because all the stuff you did for other people. And Oh, it's not know, coming back full circle. It's not coming back full circle. But then you learn, too, man. I had a lot of money at a young age, but I didn't. And I talked to people about this. I said, you know, I was the big dog in the circle, but I should have been making my circle the oval. Mm. But surrounding myself with other people, you know, things that I didn't know about, mm-hmm. real estate, investment, stock market, um, all those things. You know, I'd rent it. I could have owned. Right. Just because you ain't even know. You know I was, what I mean? Because myself, I'm balling, but I was paying off somebody else's dreams. Exactly. And, you know, um, when you, when you really dig down to the details, like, man, if I just would have elevated my circle and elevating your circle means you're going to lose people who you think you're friends. And a lot of times they're not, you know, um, and everybody's not going to move with you. Right. There's people that just want you to stay in the same spot so they can just hang on. But when you right. start elevating, you start elevating. Oh, he changing. He acting weird. Oh, he weird. He got a new friend. You don't want well, nah, man. Listen, I'm trying to take you with me, but you ain't. You once you realize you can't, you can't make somebody want something they don't want, man. And you can't make them dream bigger than they're not willing to even wake up on time, you know. So it's like uh, I tell people all day, every day. It's like you gotta shoot for the moon, miss the moon, be amongst the stars. Every day you wake up, mm. every day you wake up. You know, everybody's asking me, "How you doing?" I don't, you can ask me this for the last five, ten years. It'll be the same. I'm fantastic. Mm-hmm. My daughter, who's now 11, and she was two years old. 
same thing. I'm fantastic because the moment that you wake up, you got a chance to change anything that's going to happen today. Yeah. Do you feel like that just, do you feel like it kind of mostly made you focus on what you felt your strengths actually was after that too? Like, like I was doing all of this, but now I know that I should have just been doing this. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is. Cause like sometimes like me and him, for instance, even in the business, like we looking at that, like now we like, yeah. damn, like if we would have started doing this, now we know we said it, to, we said it yeah. in our meeting today. We like, now we know because we went through the last like year. You Man, know what I'm saying? Listen, the best advice I, that I had to take myself is that sometimes you can drown in thinking about what you had, what you lost and mistakes. Be in a, be in a hurry to make a mistake because when you come the next time, you're going to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, man, like I can, I can always tell. I can size somebody up and I can tell when their intentions is something Not else. Right, because you done dealt with so many different I done dealt with people. so much now. And then even with those anger management, I can just see it. I can tell from the body language how to shake their hand, how they look at me, mm. period. But in the past, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to still give you a business card and then I'll call you. Now, I just be like, nah. Right. <laughs> I call it out straight, you know, off the off the It bat. just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Actually, you know what? There's no we I mean, there's no need for us to even come have <laughs> nah, a conversation we don't with do like that. Why? Yeah, cool, but nah, this nah, the, yeah, but nah, man, this is you name dropping everybody now. So what 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 have you done? Exactly. If you want me to connect you with all my contacts, give me something about you. Give me what's the substance? Mm-hmm. Cuz you know my man and then no oh Okay. All right, my man, listen, this is good. Listen, keep going, focusing. <laughs> you get no, that's ground, real, though. You get out of the ground and, you know, come back and holler at me. Most definitely. They got to just respect that. Most definitely. That's facts. But I, I want to know, like, so you basically saying you was at whatever, 100K in profit off the nightclubs a month. But what changed where you was like, okay, it's starting to go downhill? Because, you know, we know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. We come from... Probably different, but still similar backgrounds. How it is here, so you know, you got a nightclub up, yeah. stuff start moving a little bit different. Right, couple people get got outside yeah. of it, that changed the whole situation mm-hmm. of the front. And it's like, damn, I can't even move how I want to move. We got to shut it down. We got to move a different spot, yeah. or I got so so much more light and stipulations and all that type of stuff on me. Yeah. Um, and it may not even be that. I'm just saying, yeah. we know how that go from just knowing a couple people who you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, here's the thing too in 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 the in the business of the nightclub. It was so lucrative because we understood you have to have more than one night or more than two nights. Right. And we had actually four nights, which was unheard of. So y'all had what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? <laughs> and Sunday. We oh, had, wow. We did, we did comedy on Sundays. Mm. We had R&B, hip-hop, and then we had Salsa Merengue, and then we had International. Right. And so we had different crowds, and so that's why the money was... Plentiful. But at the same time is plan, prepare, execute what you're going to do with the cheese. I was living my best life. Mm-hmm. I mean, cars and stuff. Back, even back then, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, $100,000 cars and mm-hmm. all that. I mean, but at the same time, I had other businesses going too. So I was a jewelry store. I had, we, had, we had a lot of different things, but at the same time is when you start to get into a situation, what was really driving it was the, it was a club business, entertainment. Right, that and, was the base, the and, foundation. And it wasn't one thing. It, it just happened all at once. I had a, my partner who didn't understand the club business. He had like daycare centers and things like that. And um, 
he lets one come in and do uh, 18 a party, 21 a drink. And you can't mix. Right. And we had an upscale nightclub, so you can't mix that. Yeah. I never forget that, man. He did Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> and I was at it. That joint went crazy, didn't it? Back when Yin Yang Twins was hot. Was you living out there at the time in, oh, yeah. in Georgia? When okay. he like this. Yeah. Hold on, Ron. He was like, oh, yeah. I'm a whisper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that whistle while you work was a twerk. Whistle while you twerk. And listen, I wasn't there because, you know, we, you know, I was doing these concerts and I think we were on, uh, we were on, you know, I think my brother and I, we had, I think we was on a Cash Money Rough Riders um, tour. Okay. And so I come back and I'm looking like, man, it's a Friday night. We have at least 2,000 people strong. What? We had a big club. And it's like 40 cars in the parking lot. So I go in that was alarming. See my partner, he was like, man, we had 60 infractions of underage drinking. Uh, liquor license gone. And just from that one decision of trying to decide. Now this is a like, restaurant or well, this is a well, now, now this a juice bar. Like it's like, and our whole thing was we had different crowds yeah so now you have no liquor license got this venue so you're talking about for me 60 that's crazy yeah it was it was bad it was shooting in the parking lot in the air i mean it was just yeah it was it was all bad so did you end up trying to turn it into something or you just kind of closed it down well you know in the midst of you know trying to go through everything with because you you had to sit in front of the mayor to get the i mean i did everything right to get the liquor license all that stuff but after that point man i was like okay all right i need to sell yeah. At my point. And then it just, you know, so when I sold and I walked away probably about, you know, $200,000, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And for me back then, it was, that was, you know, I was making a million dollars a year, you know, it was, you know, so. You I felt mean, like you really had lost on that. Oh, I did. From that, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm even making that profit, Cause, cause, you know, still felt like, damn. 35, 35 Because you was making that, you was making that, in the, right, you was going, you so, made that in two months. <laughs> so it was like. Basically. So now that all yeah. stops. So think about it now. It's not, and then you, and you living big, you, big you life living, off you of living, it. You living big time now. You got three houses. You got Versace furniture. You got, you know, you doing, you living beyond, because again, you knew the money's coming. Right. But when the money stopped. And you didn't make those investments around mm-hmm. keeping other things going. Absolutely. Or you didn't keep the kitty of saving because it's like, oh, I'm going to have this next week. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, that's tough for especially people that come from our communities, for one, because it's, it's money that they just never saw, never had, never even looked at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Never seen it in front of them, nothing like that. So to get, think about this, $35,000 a week. In profit. In profit. It's some people that's making $35,000 a year. Yeah, that's true. Gross. Where we grew up at. I'm talking about where we grew up at. Most people. So a week? You're like, it's coming next week. And then you can blow the 35 that week and you're going to be still straight for the month. And you know, I forget too, (laughs) you're the breadwinner, so you're paying bills for a lot of people. Exactly. People fall into that. You know, all those things. But then when you got to say no, (laughs) 
You find out who your real people are. You find out real quick. And I bet that kind of hurts you too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like as the as the man, as the person, the alpha, the person that's like bringing the family or your friends or whatever, yeah. being used to, you know what I'm saying? Just taking care of them just because they're your people. Yeah. And you already don't want to say no. Because you like, damn, if I say no, now it's like, damn, I don't got it. And right. I've been having it for so long. Oh, that's a good point, right? How there. to deal so with that? So that probably even hits you too. Regardless of their reaction, is just the fact that I gotta say no because I can't no yeah. more. Ego is a killer. Boy. Pride is a killer. When I tell you that, because even when I was had that 200, I was still living like I had the million because I was still, you know, helping people, helping people, helping people because I didn't want to appear that I didn't have it. That I lost, yeah. So, but when I moved back to D.C. and, uh, you know, now I'm back with my brother. I'm on, you know, these, and I, I got these three huge storage units. Mm. And one of my, oh, yeah, don't worry about me. I'm going to pay that, da, 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 and take care of. Well, that didn't happen. Mm. So now you lost all your three story. houses of storage units. That's why I hate that show that come on. The, the storage, storage wars. wars. Yo, because somebody, <laughs> somebody hit the jackpot. <laughs> they hit the jackpot. Because they got to keep your shit, huh? Man. You talking everything. about all the Versace furniture? I mean, everything. Man. Oh. You talking about. I hate hearing these stories because I'd be really, that's how I really be at home. Do I really be like, oh. Oh, yeah, man. Listen, I'm talking about, you got to understand, too. If I was a sneakerhead before the, the, the term was coined. So right. I had every original in these storages because I had, I had so much. Yeah. And so, but again, it teaches you something really, really quick. And so, um, well, I'm, when I said pride and, um, you ego, know, ego, cause I ain't want to ask nobody for nothing. Mm-hmm. I ain't want to appear for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to the, when I was even in DC, I was still balling, going out to club, you know? Yeah. Same and then, lifestyle. And then next, you know, you look that, that money gone. And it's, so now it's been a year. Now I'm on my brother's couch. And then that everybody got to have a low point. Yeah. Right? You got to hear something that's low point. For me, my brother was like, he had a, he had a female coming over. And he was like, yo, Ron, you, can you uh, straighten the room up? I ain't going to have time to get home. Can you straighten it up before I get? Yeah, 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 no problem. He come and give me a $100 bill. And at that point, everything just like blacked out. And mm. I'm looking at this $100 bill. I'm like, damn, $100. Yo, man, you just, you just was making a million dollars. Now you had three houses. Gone. You got a hundred thousand dollar bins out there. You can't even put gas in it. Mm. And you just clean the room for a hundred dollars. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? And that was the low point. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I took the hundred dollars, I go to the dollar store and uh I buy a dry eraser board. Because one thing about me is if if you you can fake the funk in your head all day, every day. Yeah. Right? And you can say, you can have seven, go, well, I ain't going to do it, and this and that and that. But when you write it down, you got to look at it. You just put it up on that board or you put it in on the refrigerator and you feel like, again, like I was telling you, I hate to lose. Yeah. So that was, that was like the home base. Now, of course, like anybody else, you're going to write down the most stupidest shit ever for a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 300000 in the bank in two months. Like, man, you ain't got 500. 
<laughs> so right. let's get realistic. Let's so get I had to more really attainable. get off my brother's couch, find a job, open up a bank account. You know, I had to go back to the bare minimums. Mm-hmm. But what happened was, as you start to cross off, you kind of get your bobo back. Yeah. You know, you start to, you know, and so, and I had to, I had to really, you know, recalibrate everything. Cause it was, it was kind of like, now it's like, I got a point to prove. I got a point to prove, but also more so, I got to prove it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that I knew, it ain't like somebody handed me anything. I worked right. everything. I was a hustler. I mean, like, even when I was going back and forth from Georgetown selling, I mean, listen, I was the Foot Locker. And then I, you know, I went to, went to Lady Foot Locker in South Carolina. So I got to South Carolina. Okay. Right. Um, but I was going back and forth from Georgetown, getting the watches, the fake joints. I'd be selling them in the store. You know? Right, right. And I started doing small parties, and I used to sell the tickets in the store. And, you know, that's how that's how it all came back. Cause you know, you know, I was selling tickets in the store for my right. parties, and you know, my customers were like, "What is people in here buying? Like, right. <laughs> Everything? Hey, I throw, I throw Everything. parties. Yeah. And she was, was hustling. Like, here buying shoes, yeah. jewelry, clothes, Everything. watches, and movies, now, cell phones, getting the phones turned on, the back of the contract. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because you know the, one of my customers was like, "Well, my husband is the is the director of the Carolina Coliseum. You need mm. to meet him." Mm. Do I? Okay, yeah, I do. <laughs> wow. So, but 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 going through that whole thing, man, it was just uh, you, you 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 really learn that okay, man, I gotta have a plan, prepare, execute. I gotta I, now. I just gotta write these things down. Then I gotta get them as I cross them. I'll go to the next thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm always thinking about bigger. Now it wasn't hard for me because I always I, I realized the taste already had the taste of what's in my mind. Success was yes. in my mind what success was. Right. And success is a lot more than just money. At that time, I didn't realize it was just stuff and money. It wasn't relationships. It wasn't the um, Mentorship or pulling some along, pulling somebody else along with you. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. any of that self or, or, or health. just or oh. health, you know, or just being able to be financially literate. Mm. Knowing what's really going on with your shit, not just making a whole bunch of shit. You like, okay, cool, I got this. That's going over here. Yep, this for me. This I'm free, and your mind could be free like this. I can play and I can blow. Exactly. Yeah. All of this stuff is moving. This is coming back in on the residual. This is what's, you know, whatever kind of having that. But, Ronnie, I got a question for you, though. Kind of a different type of question. And let me know if I know you raw with it and stuff, too. But I still don't, I still want to respect your position and stuff like mm-hmm. that, too. Because I kind of can just, I just be thinking of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Ronnie, did you ever, like, you know, to get to a, um to work with any Fortune 100 company, to whatever, um, you know, it's a lot of politics that play into that. You know what I'm saying? I can imagine. Me, I couldn't keep a job. Like, I just try to work, and that shit just didn't work out for me. Like, I had three jobs, fired back to back to back. I was like, yeah, this just ain't going to work out. I got to do something different. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, my question is, like, is it a lot of politics to get to the position that you are right now? Did you have any, like, even, you know what I'm saying, racial politics that you had to overcome being from, you know, coming from a, you know what I'm saying, a, a ghetto, and it may be a lot of your counterparts, the people that you work with, don't even know what that life maybe is like. I don't know if it is or not. I ain't in that realm, but from yeah. the outside looking in, I look at the corporate structure, the higher you get up, the less 
maybe color you, you actually see. Right. Just in general. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the times that he I mean that he was oh, probably yeah. coming up. I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. Now, like, now it's like, kinda cool. Not to say it like this, but now it's kinda cool to hire some some black folks. Yeah, like, it's cool to it's, it's the cool it's, it actually yeah. is cool now. We like, still got a long way to go, fellas. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Because when I say uh for me, it was different because I I I didn't change like because, you know, again, people are like, how the hell you in a company that's $3 billion that you ain't never go to college? Right. You know, how the hell did that, how did that even happen? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, again, it's relationships. Mm-hmm. It was performance, right? You got to, you know, you can meet and network all day long. But if you ain't bringing nothing to the table. Exactly. Nothing. But once you get into these rooms, of course, man, when I first, listen, we didn't get to that part of the story, but when when I was um, actually I was I was a buyer at Nordstrom. It's a whole mm-hmm. situation. But when I got the job, we got offered the job at Finish Line. Hey, oh, not to cut you off, this is after all of this entertainment stuff has happened. After all of the entertainment stuff okay. has happened, this is back on the way back up. On the way back up, basically. <laughs> okay. one, of, one of my high school buddies, he had a he had a job at this place called Nordstrom, mm-hmm. and he told me about it. And he's like, "Hey," and I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." But you know, at least I got to come in as a manager. But, <laughs> And he was like, yo, man, Blake Nordstrom swept the floors in the back. It don't work like that. You got you to work from the floor on up. Mm. So I went to Atlanta, interviewed for the job, and boom, I was working for Nordstrom's. Sales, okay. A sales floor. So you was over there selling uh, girls the little red bottom shoes? You was like, hey, baby, I think you can slide it in. <laughs> Listen, man, I would sell anything possible. But you got to understand, I'm coming from the nightclub business. So right. I'm in Nordstrom's with bright yellow apple suits. Right. You're like, right. oh, I'm here. I'm standing out. Gators. You know, and, and, and people look at me like, what? what? And uh, y'all got a pimp up in here? <laughs> I'm like, what you talking about, man? This is a netty. You understand what this suit is? <laughs> but once they got past the bright color suits, my salesmanship was just, I just knew I had to gift the gap. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting there going, damn, okay. And the old dudes, they would never tell me anything on, you know, because I, I saw these shoes. I remember my first sale was like these Mephistos, right? And I'm ringing them up to two pairs for the guy. I'm like, uh, eight, 875, 24. He was like, what? I said, uh, 875, 24. He's okay, thanks. I'm like, these look like some Buster Brown shoes. Right. It's $800. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm getting 6%. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I can see Let me it. start reading up on these shoes. So, I mean, I, I was a sneakers. I wasn't selling dress shoes, so yeah. I didn't know nothing about these. So now I started to get to the point like, okay, man, no matter what somebody buy from me, I'm going to write them a thank you note. Mm. I remember these guys. Got at me creative going, with it. Man, why would you do that? The guy just spent $100 on some New Balance. I said, you're right. But the guy you spent 5000 with you, he expecting that. What do you think when that guy get home with his hundred dollars shoe? What are you gonna do? He's gonna tell somebody. Exactly. And my referrals and people start coming back in. And then I'm like, no matter what they you were was wearing, they guy. Like again, how I was at Foot Locker. It was competitive. And like, hey, okay. they was like, oh, if you got you got a 10 pair of shoes, you gotta have a belt, right? No, let's walk over there. By the time we walk over there, he done pulled up another shirt, underwear. Oh. Right. So this this done turned into now whole outfit. eight hundred dollars. You know, and See? then I'm sitting there with his wife talking. I'm like, well, listen, you, he buying something. You got to treat yourself. 
<laughs> I'm over there, so I'm selling everything. Right. So um, that just went to the point where then actually, you know, I'm in management. Okay. And then from management, I'm back in D.C., Pentagon City. Now I'm actually now a manager for the, the shoe department. Right. Uh, Nordstrom, still, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So I go from the sales floor to the, from a sales floor to the buying office in less than uh, 16 months, which is kind of unheard of. Because when, by the time I They go, be having like little levies on that too. They be like, you at least got to be here two years, three right. years. Well, you know, it was crazy, <laughs> man. For me, it was like the hustle, right? Yeah. When I got there and I'm like, man, this this department hadn't made this years and they hadn't made their month in two years. And I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do differently? I sit on the shoe sign stand and I'm watching people and I see people come out the back room. So I will have your size. I'm just like, what? Now, Nordstrom's, you know, back then, you had to bring out three shoes and a shoe treat to every customer. I don't care if they ask for a Jesus sandal. Right. You got to bring it out to every customer. So I come on the sales floor. I say, okay, now they don't know me. Yeah. You know, I'm here. I'm coming from Atlanta. They don't, they don't, they've never. So now I'm getting the service and letting them. Service me, and they give me the worst service ever. They passing me off. Nah, we don't got your side, none of that, you know. Okay, so the next morning I show up. How you doing? Ronnie Jefferson, I'm the new department manager. And that look on ooh. your face, I know why that look is on your face. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's wild. Hey, so, wild creative. They was like... What? And one thing I learned too, so you know how you go into the malls, you can get those people that's you know, selling those hand lotions or whatever it is. Yeah. They just don't stop. Yeah. I started recruiting them. Mm. These girls is doing, you know, back then it was I whatever it from, was. Uh, Israel and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I started recruiting them to come work. And the, the old time was like, why you, they don't know anything about shoes. But they know of service. Exactly. And man, we, we went That from, means something. We they can clo- learn about a shoe. You can learn about a product. <laughs> yeah. But you're service-wise. So, yeah, man, I closed that gap. We were down about 130000 When I got there in the middle of the month, we closed the gap to lose about 12000 And I got the call from, you know, my uh, guy who was the you know, national sales manager for, for Nordstrom's. Mm. So he came to visit. He's like, what, what, what are you doing differently? And from there, man, we became, you know, nice little bond. After that, we lose that first month. I won every award. For the eight months and then got promoted. That's so, wild. But you you build a team around you that want to win. So everybody yeah. understood what the purpose was. And it wasn't about one person. It was me understanding I only had three things you couldn't build you couldn't bend the rules on. They knew that. If you bent them, I don't care if you sold the most or not, you out. Mm. And so Which was what? And it was just, you know, first of all, it was on time. Right? Right. <laughs> you gotta be on time. Yeah. Right. It was, you know, the service of, you know, how you service the customer. And at the same time, too, wasn't the, wasn't the gossiping that was on the floor. Mm-hmm. Those three things, because it was a lot of that, man, it was back and forth and all this. But the team wanted to win because now we, like, I had Pentagon City, right? And Tyson's Corner was our arch rival. And so mm. we, you know, we, we knew their goals. Yeah. So it was almost everybody knew the yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew we were going to be prepared and execute. <laughs> And we started killing it. That's what's up, man. Damn. So how'd you get how'd you get to <laughs> yeah. the position that you at at finish line though? How that so, where's that gap at? So so um so Sam um was the um the the, the national what I was telling you about, 
who came to visit. And over the years, you know, he he was the, he was the guy, and uh, we built a, a bond over the years, and so to the point where at Nordstrom's he decided after twenty eight years he resigned. He left. Damn, he worked there his whole career. Huh? Yeah, he left, and uh, he told me he was leaving, and everybody was like, I started calling other people. They were like, What? Why would Sam call you? I said, Yeah, he told me he was leaving, and so I was. Here doing a store visit because I had the whole Midwest. I was based out of Chicago now. Okay. 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 So I got promoted, went over there, I had assistant buyer. He done been everywhere, boy. Literally. <laughs> and then came up to Chicago and was running Chicago. And so I had the whole Midwest and men buying. So I was here doing, I was in Indianapolis doing a store visit. Mm. Next thing you know, I run into Sam. Mm. And he was like, yo, Ronnie, man, I've been trying to reach out to you. Da, 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 da. I got a. I want you to come down and meet the founders of Finish Line because now he was the president of Finish Line. Damn. And he was like, yeah. And he was based out here in Indy. He was based out. Of, he moved from Seattle. He was in Indy. She and just ran into me there, right? And so I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So I come in, meet the founders, meet the you know CEO, and I was so I was so cocky. I remember that. <laughs> they were like, so why, so why do you want to leave Nordstrom? I'm like, shit, I don't. I'm just here just to find out what y'all got going on. <laughs> Next you know, I was in 20 interviews. What? I have no resume, no application, no nothing. Shh. And so we talked, and then, you know, next day, you know, next day he called me and was like, hey, they like you. Want to offer you this job of vice president DMM. And the only thing I heard him say was vice president. You was like, I- <laughs> And I was like, okay, all right. I knew the division merchandise manager of you know, lifestyle kids and you know lifestyle footwear and kids foot, kids shoes. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I hang up. I duck him for the next three months. What for what? You you love Nordstrom that much? No man, scared. Out of responsibility? No, scared of what society had deemed. Success. Mm. I didn't go to college. This this was playing my head. And you know, you got this good job here. Nordstrom's, you're doing good. You ain't go to college. Them folks going to find you out. Mm. Like that next step, that's that, that vice that's president. That's that spotlight right there. The spotlight. You're going to be a vice president. You know you ain't went to college. Now you know you. A little bit of self-sabotage. You're playing it in your head because now you're comfortable. You're that's like, real. You're mm-hmm. nervous. And yeah. so... The phone rang every day, three months. I look at it. I don't answer. That's wild, man. Then I get the call from Nordstrom's. Actually, my my boss right now had wound up taking my ex my my former boss's job. So he called me. He was like, "Hey, man, listen. Um, all the buying offices is going to be moving out to Seattle. We're going to offer you the national buyer for um, athletic." Now, my son was in Richmond, Virginia, so I was just like, yeah, that ain't going to work for me, man. I can't move out to Seattle, so I'm going to go ahead and take the severance. And uh, so the next day, he called me back and said, you know what? Don't worry about it. We're going to leave it as is. Um, and matter of fact, we're going to give you a $5,000 raise. So I'm like, okay. So I hang the phone. I'm like, like now I want you to think about something, Ronnie. You're going to be the only buyer that's not in Seattle. you got the best business now, but what happens when your business fall off? Pick the phone up, call Sam. It's like, damn. He's like, what happened, man? Were you in an accident? 
ain't answered the phone for three years. Everything all right? What's wrong, man? I was like, man, I was scared. He's like, scared of what? I said, man, you know, I ain't, yeah, I ain't go to college. He's like, man, first of all, man, you know how to lead a team. You can adapt to white, green, red. You know, you, 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 your, your, your tenacity of teaching people, of te- understanding how to win. Hey, what, 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 what. As he's saying all these accolades, I'm sitting there going, damn, I do. Got- what got me to, <laughs> to the, I forgot what got me to where I'm at. No one gave me anything. Mm-hmm. But you, in the midst of what you deem society deems is successful, you will play yourself out. Out of opportunity. And y'all need to take that as a lesson for real because there's been times that I've done that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even with the real estate stuff, when I was working my corporate job and stuff like that, I was just like, nah, because yeah. benefits and this, that, and the other of like what I think people, like what, what people think as, you know, successful and having even people that was around me talking about it, you know, that their success is this. They 401k and yeah. and all of that type of stuff. Y'all got to look at that. What he's saying, though, is... Sometimes your your opportunity will go above what other people think is successful. Even if you talk about it with them, they're gonna be like, "Man, I would be careful in doing that because that's where their ability goes." That's a hundred percent right. You know what I'm saying? And once I got that offer letter, it was two and a half times what I was making at Nordstrom. <laughs> so yes, I was running from prosperity. God damn! <laughs> hey, running from prosperity, Ronnie. Now you can tell me. <laughs> 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 you can tell me if y'all want to share it, but at that time, yeah, man. Honey, at that at that time, what what was the offer letter? It was that a, they was offering you. Yeah, it was a it was a nice paycheck, man. Um, <laughs> or or maybe you can give us a, a, a oh well figure, yeah your oh. range oh yeah uh, yeah it was well over it was yeah it was definitely well over six you know. Figures, but at the time when I was at North, I mean, I was only making. You gotta understand, I was making like at a buyer like sixty five thousand, right? And then we you know with bone, I might make eighty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when this game was, just, you know, it was, it was like, like hey, hold on, you know, it was like, wait a minute, it's a quarter. Is that a quarter? Know, wasn't it, man? It was like, you know, <laughs> carry your one. Was Is that a couple commas? It, it, it was, you know, and I was sitting there going, oh shit. Shit. And, 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 and it really wasn't about the, because I was used to making money. Right. But in this in this game called Life of Starting All Over, my first check after making a million, my first W-2 that first year was 28000 which I still have in my, in my, in my house right now. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder that you could be making a million and gonna be all going away. Right. But betting on self, the understanding that you can get it back. Even if you gotta go dig a ditch. My mindset is different now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had to go dig a ditch to fill the family, I would do it. I would put the pride to the side, my ego to the side. But my mindset would be now, how am I own this digging a ditch company? Right. You know what I'm saying? Is this a it's a change in mindset. Exactly. Because you're younger, right. you're like, nah, I ain't doing that. What everybody no, going to think exactly. about me digging this ditch? Listen, man. They're going to think I'm not that guy. I'm not that dude. No. That's an incredible story, Ronnie, for real, though, bro. I, that, that even, I mean, I already have respect for you, yeah. for one. You know what I'm saying? Just how cool you was with me, you know, messing through my pops and stuff like that. But 
Man, that definitely it's a newfound respect, man. The right, level just, sure, just man. definitely yeah. just rose a little bit, my for, G. For sure, man. And just <laughs> but, really the ability to my bad to cut you off, mm-hmm. but just the ability to like have it at a young age already with just natural ability, different talents, like just doing a lot of different stuff, having success, losing it, and then just like climbing your way back up because kind of what I want to get into now and Ronnie man just sees what it is. You know, we pull up to the cigar bar. You got the two-tone <laughs> double R outside. It's not one R, it's two. You ain't got to pull into your neighborhood and see it. You see it pulling into your neighborhood. I mean, it's, I mean, it's two-tone. I mean, we go outside, Ronnie like, oh, yeah, that's what you riding in? Oh, that's what's up. That joint nice. And then he go go right up. That joint nice. That rover, that boy clean, bro. That, you know, when it got it washed, that boy looking good. And he hit you with the boop, boop. I'm like, damn. Oh, nah. See, you're trying to be funny. No, man. You're trying to be, nah, nah, nah. I'd be all love, but nah, man. You see that? And um, just all the different stuff that you still clearly got going on. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know you in the stocks. Mm-hmm, I know you probably yeah. got your... You, you, just showed me a renovation that you're doing on a high rise type of building. You know, I don't know if you there where you where you was or passed it or whatever, but just to congratulate you on just that journey and Absolutely. you know that yeah. could have for a lot of people maybe even commit suicide. Like seriously, damn! Like from going there to that, yeah. that's a drastic yeah jump. And that no matter yeah. what way you fall down that mountain, it ain't gonna be enjoyable. Right. You're going to hit a rock on the way down. Mm-hmm. You may be lucky if you get back up. If you get back up. You know what I'm thing saying? Is, the thing is just getting back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and and a lot of times people miss, they really don't understand. Because when I, when I see about whether it's athletes or certain people that, you know, have a lot and they lose it, right? And people are like, how could you ever, just because you, you know, these people become multi, multi, multi-millionaires overnight. Yeah. But they have no course on how to have that type of money and what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Because even when I had money, a lot of money, what was ingrained in me was, you know, watching my cousin and them, you know, pay their loans. That's the only thing we knew. Mm-hmm. You know, we was check to check. So we didn't know about, you know. It felt and, comfortable and, still being and, check to check because and, that's what you grew up actually doing. Oh, mm-hmm. actually seeing. So, yeah. So, investing and getting somebody to invest some money, you ain't think about it. You're like, no, nah, you want to hold on tight. Mm-hmm. Because you, you wasn't brought up in that environment to think about, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, stock market or buying real estate or investing in something that can make you a lot of money in the long mm-hmm. run because you haven't brought up in that environment. So, when you see people have a lot of money, they just because they got money, you think automatically they they're the most successful or brightest or right. a, you know literate on how to make money, make money while you sleep. It, that's that, that, that not, not it until you get to educating yourself and start looking at what's going on. I had a question about that too because he brought it up, but I was gonna bring it up too because a couple people just being in Havana, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that, have brought that up to me that. You know, you are kind of, you know, winning in the stock market, doing some doing some dope stuff in that. What exactly are you involved with when it comes to like the stock market and like are you in options, long term holds? Like kind of what are you what are yeah. you and how did you get into that? Like what, what sparked your interest into it? Because obviously before <laughs> you didn't know what the hell was going yeah, on man. with stuff like that. I'm I'm gonna tell y'all some a, a couple funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what we want, man. All right, hey. 
a couple <laughs> funny stories, man. Come on. So, so first, 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 first and foremost, my first introduction to even learning about stock was when I came to Finish Line, we were in the process of buying Genesco. And so Genesco mm-hmm. owns Lids, mm-hmm. um, you know, Journeys, um, you name it, so much stuff. They, and I'm like, what? I said, that's not us. I think that's Foot Locker that's buying. They're like, no. So I'm like, oh, damn. So I'm looking at that. Their stock price, our stock price at the time was like $15. Mm-hmm. Theirs like 30 And I know we were, we were taking a loan out to USB Bank. And... Um, and then the recession hit. And so they backed out of the loan. Oh, so snap. when USB backed out of the loan, we we had to pay journeys. We had to pay, you know, we had to pay um Genesco 40 million. And then they had to pay them 160 for just for oops, my bad. Mm. Mm. But in the meantime, though, we had what we call class A and B stocks. And the founders okay. had the class A. So that means no one could ever buy us out, right? Because mm. as long as they had those stocks. Mm. But the investment community didn't realize that. So our stock went down to a dollar twenty-five cent. Now you understand, I went work, I was with Nordstrom's at this point, nine, nine, ten years. I moved all my 401k over. Oh, you seen that shit get obliterated. Now you understand me now. I done moved all my 401k over. And the stock was 15 now. It's a dollar. Mm, mm, mm. So on average, I was seeing 25000 30000 a month loss. Like you seen your, like what, what's going on? So at that point, I was like, yo, I went and I said, listen, I don't even know how this worked. Um, I want to roll what I got left in. Buy twenty five thousand dollars worth of shit, twenty five thousand shares at a dollar twenty five cent. Mm. And mm. I remember, mm. I remember the HR guy was like, "Man, I would never recommend this, but in your case, you ain't got shit to lose." <laughs> right, right. So I do that. Now you understand, I'm new to this game of yeah. vice president of being, you know, and considered as a, you know, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm on Top the team, guy. right, <laughs> right. So. Stock goes from a dollar twenty-five to I think it was like two twelve. I said, Hey man, I need to sell. I need to get my money. No. Like, no, no. See, you can sit at an officer of the you, there's a window. What y'all talking about a window? Oh man, see y'all trying to do a brother wrong, man. Up in there. <laughs> now they looking at me like <laughs> I went to get my money. Right. You didn't double it real quick. And that's what I'm thinking. Okay, man, I hit a lick. <laughs> so by the time so by the time that the uh by the time the uh, the window opened, stock was at three dollars and eighty cents, and I was like, "Well, let me just hold oh. up." <laughs> so I did, and by the time that I actually, um, and then I, I just really forgot about it, right? And then next time I look up, and our stock was at twenty four dollars, and that was my first big, you know. Goddamn so, introduction. So, so Ronnie, you took wild. you took your twenty five thousand dollars in your four hundred one. You you bought twenty five thousand stocks, pretty much. shares basically because it was yeah. at a dollar a piece. Yeah, a dollar, so you a bought twenty five thousand twenty five cents. Yeah, yeah, twenty five thousand shares. So and your close. stock went up to twenty times twenty four twenty five dollars a share. When you look back at it again, yeah, where you was like, 
Oh, yeah, I'm glad he told me. Uh, whatever that window, <laughs> that window thing was. That window thing. Hey, he was you. right, bro. Hey, another case of somebody being on the podcast and timing. Timing was everything. But, <laughs> like, that's crazy. But there's a lesson here. Mm-hmm. I still did not, even after making that big lick right there, I'm like, okay, cool. I still didn't buy. I still didn't understand how to buy stocks or go out and none of that right, stuff. Right, right. And one, one of my good friends was like, hey, when the pandemic hit, he was like, hey, man. Um, you know, you get pretty big bonus checks and things. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, you know, Tesla right here is at, uh, at the time it was like a four hundred five, like four, it was mm-hmm. like four eighty five, something like that. Yeah, it was like four eighty five, four eighty six. He was like, hey man, listen, this is a good buy. I was like, why is that a good buy? It's four hundred eighty dollars. He said, but look, look what it was. It was like at that point, it was like nine hundred and eighty something and just swapped. Mm-hmm. He said, so this shit is on sale. I was like. Yo, and I've always been known to either do it big or small or don't do it. So I was like, all right, cool. So I bought 220 shares. Mm, at Tesla. And then that boy went up to 1,200. Oh, well, here's where it gets good. <laughs> well, here's the lesson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now I had to educate myself on, you know, learning about the stock market. Anybody who want to learn, just go and just... Just Google stock markets for dummies. And it'll tell you everything about the ticker tape, how to read, all those different things. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know. So I'm I'm getting in the point. I'm like, okay, now, okay, I'm good. Now I'm watching it. Now I'm this new. So I'm watching it every day. I'm watching it every day. I'm mm-hmm. watching, I'm watching. Anyway, so it goes up to uh, $680 share. I'm like, okay, cool, great. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> now I'm watching, then, you know. Then all of a sudden it falls down, it goes back up. Now it's at eleven hundred dollars a share. Eleven hundred. I'm like, jackpot again. Eleven hundred a share. Cash me out. I cashed the check. I cashed it out. You know. Matter of fact, the double R got. You know, Tesla stock is on the license. That's what. Okay. So that that's 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 what. Uh. So so yeah. So I'm I'm like this now, right? Ooh. Hmm. Two weeks later, seventeen hundred a share. Mm. Now I done cashed out eleven hundred. I'm like, oh, what the hell? Now I'm calculating, carrying my one seventeen hundred a share times two. Stomach hurt. <laughs> right. Four <laughs> weeks know. later. Yeah. Four weeks later. Twenty seven hundred dollars. God damn. And splits five times. Oh my. God. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that would have been five double R's out there with <laughs> Tesla stock on. Well, well, then the other thing, too, is that, you know, I cashed out before, you know, I didn't understand, uh, you know, capital gains. Yeah, capital gains tax. Uh, I didn't understand it was a long term. I was short term stock. I cashed out. Oh, there was the taxes on it. It was a lot more. I didn't think about that. I didn't know anything about that. So now I couldn't just go. You can't go halfway in, you know. You know, I said, let's put the head in. Now I, I had to go all the way. I had to figure it all. Now I had to really sit down and go, oh, shit. Let me know all the rules. Tell me yeah, everything about yeah. it. Yeah, which bring me to my next big one was Moderna. Mm. And I got a good friend, man. If he listens, he gonna be like, man. I, we looked at Moderna. It was fifty something dollars, and I was like, hey man, I'm gonna throw fifty grand at this. I'm about these 700 shares. Come on in with me. Nah, I think it's going to go down cheaper than that. 
because my boy told me they, they hadn't they hadn't discovered anything about the um, you know the vaccine, the vaccine anything, yet none of that stuff. But these were the people that's doing the research on it. Oh, absolutely. So I got in. I bought seven hundred shares, and it went from up to like one hundred and thirteen dollars a share. But they still hadn't found the vaccine yet. From five dollars a share? No, 50. no, 50, 50, oh, 50, 50. Yeah, yeah. So it doubled. Right. So it doubled. <laughs> Double. But I've learned now. Patience. Exactly. It went to, went to 115, and then all of a sudden it started dropping, like 111, 109. Mm. And I'm just like, I'm just going to hold. Yeah. Because I know if they get this vaccine. My partners, they got out. My guy told him to get in. He was like, nah, nah, nah. Long story short, when they got the vaccine, next thing you know, boom, bat, bat, then it's at $460 a share. And I said, okay, I'm going to set my limit at 450 Hey, man, pause, man. Listen. <laughs> hey, man. This man, Ronnie, is getting to the bag. Benag. But here's the thing. So Doing it smart, though. Yeah. Go ahead, go yeah. Ahead. When it, so when it got to 460 I said, I'm going to set it. I'm going to sell 400 of it. I'm going to set it at 450 So it came down, boom. 450 sold. I still had 300 sitting there. I'm going to sit in there. I'm going to wait. Right, see. right. And shoot, God behold, it goes up to 490. 492. I said, you know what? I'm going to set. Because you got to have your limits on yeah. what and know when. So I set my limit at 490, sold the other 300. And then right after that, it started to drop, 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 drop. Now, one thing I did learn on the Tesla as this, so when it did split, when it split those five times, I did, I got right back in on it. Mm, okay. So I went, mm, until I went, you still was able to catch oh, yeah. some so of the I, I went back okay. in, I bought more Tesla, and even when I sold this, I bought more. And a lot of times with the, with the stock market, man, it's think about things you love every day. I tell people to start from there. You want to go with your blue chips, things that you know ain't going out of business, Nike or you know, Apple, all things that you love to use every day, you start there. But then there's those other things you start looking at and going, okay. Now, if if I done knew how to short the stock, see, it's still a lot that I knew. Yeah. Because even on my Tesla, if I would have made millions on that, just on shorting the stock, but I didn't know it, right? So now that's when you start educating yourself around it. And then you start to look at things that you start out with things that you like every day. You know, think about when we got on Zoom, who would have knew? Netflix. Right. You could have got a Netflix at ten dollars. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, so my girl back there mm-hmm. got Netflix. I mean, her hers is you know a little bit different, but she had to, she had sent it to me. She was like, "Baby, you think this is a good stock to buy?" And I was just look. She had sent it to me. I think it was like one one forty one fifty two or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Maybe one seventy or mm-hmm. something like that. And I looked at and I looked at like I seen the middle was like at three fifty two three fifty five, and I seen the high was at seven hundred. I'm like, hell yeah. Right. You definitely need to get that. Yeah. I said, hey, look, don't be hitting me every day about it, though. <laughs> exactly. Wait, it's going to be a year, yeah. year and a half. You're going to yeah. get it, though. Yeah. It's going to double. Yeah. Like, For I don't Netflix. know a lot about stocks, but looking at that, that's yeah. a hit. Yeah. I got in you know on me some cool ones, too. We did what well, we was messing around with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I learned my lesson quick. I had kept mine in and, and timing, and I got hit. Zoom. Because I'm like, damn. I took out some profits, and I kept a good portion in, but I was like, damn. And you, it's only some people get greedy around the top. I was getting greedy around the top. 
Like I'm like, nah, I'm let it go up just a little bit. Like how you said, I'm put my limit at 490, so that when it drop below that, that's it. I would get greedy around it. I'm like, nah, let me just get a little bit more. But the key, more. like you said, is though your profits you can take from it and then reinvest and right. buy and so you know buy the low, you know buy the low. Even when even with this whole thing with Tesla, I was like, yo, keep buying, mm-hmm. keep buying. When that shit dropped down to a hundred, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, because I know yeah. it's gonna go back up, and then all of a sudden, boom, right? But then you can take pulling out and then reinvest. But um, but yeah, man, it, it really is like, how do you make your money work? Make money for you? How mm-hmm. do you take things and invest? Because I had, I mean, honestly, man, I had a whole lot of things come my way when I had money. I remember somebody laughing. I told somebody like, internet stuff, man, that shit ain't gonna work. Nobody gonna give nobody a credit card on the internet, right? Uber. <laughs> I passed up on that. <laughs> Five thousand. That would have been fifteen million. Ronnie, how much money do you think you done made in the stock market? <sighs> you gotta just think about it. And I ain't even say gonna say by mistake, because you started to learn it and stuff like that. But it's like but almost just, like this ain't something that he been learning his whole just life. Learning even as you know what I'm saying? Maybe not that's even crazy. all your plays, but just yeah, those no. big hits. Like how much no, those if big you put hits, that together, man, like that's if crazy. I, if I put some of those big hits together. Um. Yeah, it, it, I mean, literally, man, just on a whim too. Some of these things might, yeah, one well, the high point probably, well, you know, one point five, one point six. That's making your money work for you. And then someone was just like dumb stuff. I'm like, damn, I don't even know what that is, but. It was just like, damn. We won. <laughs> Did you mess with the crypto at all? Oh, boy, that's another one, too. At one point, man, I had 15 Bitcoins. And when I lost, I just got out of it. I'm like, man, if I right. held on to it. Sometimes you guys, you can't rush the process. Yeah. You Sometimes you got to look at it and go, man. And, and the hardest thing sometimes is parting away with your money mm-hmm. for investment. You know, it's in that mentality. If it's underneath my bed, if it's in my bank, mm-hmm. and, uh, you ain't making the money in the bank. You mm-hmm. you gotta have it generating. Unless you got enough in there that's gonna generate that money to continue to to continue make money. To make. Sure. But but again, sometimes it's you know you, you gotta be a little f- weary and do your homework because people are out here to get you money. Man, scams <laughs> is at an all time high. Man, be careful out here. If y'all. it sounds too good to be true, probably is. It's, it probably is. Hey, but we, we want to check. Ronnie, Ronnie, you going to invest in us? You going to give us about a, a cool little meal? Hey, man, you know, let me see the progress, man. Let me see hey, you heard what he said. <laughs> he said, plan. what have you done? Like, what did he say? Let me see the business plan, man. Everybody be talking about what they get here, man. But what have you done? Like, exactly. What are your credentials? Exactly. Listen, I'm, all, I'm like EF, I'm like EF Hutton. I'm always listening to the next deal. Like, right. right. Well, especially in this real estate, huh? What? But what exactly. Want, what you want to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all be careful, boys. Boys out here losing people money too. Man, oh, man. we want we gonna transition into yeah, one sure. a part of our show, man, that we kind of ended off with. Um, we call it overtime. 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 <laughs> but uh, th- today we was gonna. What do we? Say? Oh man, this time I'll let him bring this in because he he like talking about crazy which, stuff which, like which that. Scotty Pippen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We hey this this section it could be anything silly it could be something serious that's going on. I like on. it. I like it. Oh. <laughs> Scotty, what? <laughs> I need to holler at you, Scotty. Hey, Lord Pippen, why you do my mask? You continue, yeah, she, yeah, she over is. and over again, just to like 
damn near just do some wild shit. Dog, this nigga Scotty, bro. From a, from an outside perspective, I ain't yeah. saying just you your normal life. Your, your intentions is to just dog him, <laughs> but like it be it's kind of like the Jada Pinkett Will Smith thing. It's becoming yeah. just you know a continuous thing. You know what I'm saying? First, it's her and future. Okay, cool. The world no future. <laughs> we get over that. Then it's Michael Jordan's son. Nah, it was Malik Beasley after then, yeah, that, really. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Left his baby mom on stuck. Right. <laughs> Started I messing with her. Yeah. Who that. now plays with her son. With, with her son. Damn. Then it's Michael <laughs> Jordan's son, the the guy that was your teammate, your ex-husband's. I mean, this should be on Maury, bro. She said they didn't oh, we 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 our families didn't really didn't really know, know each, each other like that. Y'all are the Come two on. stars of the NBA. Listen, I don't care Damn. if we got opposite personalities. <laughs> we have to know each yeah, other. Yeah, most definitely. From the position that we sit in. Exactly. What? So anyway, mm. coming up to date. Oh, man. She was, we just seen what, earlier yesterday. She said on some interview that she was on, it's like, that she has sex four times a night. Every day. Every night. And that was like. No, no, no. Like, I, I know you probably had sex a lot. And she was like, no. Four no. times. For 23 years, we had sex four times a night. It's got to be kind. One of the girls, she was like, oh, poor vagina. Exactly. <laughs> hey, man. I mean. Hey, oh, man. Poor him, too. That's yeah. cap, bro. That's That has to be cap. There's not, Ronnie, oh, what you I think? Mean, she just made the stock go up, though. <laughs> yeah, he stopped. <laughs> Shit, girls like damn, he can go like that. Cause she, they were like, Shit. girl, let me go try that. You know like, what? I'm gonna get that Scotty piece. Cause she was saying that like it was a job. Either like he was yeah. forced. Like, yeah, it dude. was her job. For yeah, that's the part I didn't years. like. She's like, she's like, what about when they travel on the road? She's like, I was traveling with him. I was traveling with him. We was always together. We took the private to the games. All yeah, of that. everything. She's like, it can be anywhere. Four times a night, yo, my dick would not be working. That's the thing, bro. Like, Period. I, I got to hear Scotty confirm this. Yeah, that's CMOS as well. Like, I got Yeah, he said yeah, that's CMOS. Hey, man, he on that Dr. Sebi hey, time, bro. Joint, man. He better be goddamn. <laughs> see, look, he better be. <laughs> hey, man. And went out and won, what, six championships? How? Cut it out. Hey, man. Well, that must mean she had that good, good, too. Like, yeah. Hey, man, she got to have that phenomenal. Yeah. Because I kind of no wanted her to say, because the way, like he said, the way that she said it was more like it was a job. It's like, was it you wanting it or was it him? Yeah. Because it was like she, she said, made it kind of seem like it was him wanting it right, like, from how she was insinuating it to me. Because, that's what like, I'm saying. It, no, like it was four times a night, no off nights. But remember, that it seem like you don't want it like didn't that. Didn't they get into a divorce and all of that stuff because she felt like he was always out cheating? How? If you're with him every night and y'all fucking for four times a night? He doesn't have how? any chance. He can't. He if can't. He go and try to fuck something. That's, just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying, bro. Like, make Ain't it make sense. Out. I feel like sometimes she say stuff, bro. For Maybe a he might be like, faking. He be like, oh, right. <laughs> hey, man, you ain't never heard a guy faking it. Scotty Pippen was faking. <laughs> He had to be. Hey, man, he had to be. Hey, man that's, that's next level, man. Shout out to Scotty Pippen, dog, man. I hope you good, brother. Um, yeah, man. Real. Just keep your head up, man. man it's all. <laughs> you going to be all right. <laughs> nah, man. But nah, Ronnie, man, we definitely, man, we we appreciate you coming. I know we ha- we got you out late nah, man, on a, on a good, Monday man. night, you know, For messing real. with us. But uh, we definitely appreciate you coming out, blessing yeah. us with your presence, man. And um, just, just the type of people that we like to bring on 
on here, man. Like I didn't even know your full story and just to hear that, um, and where you came from and you know, how, how you was all the way there and lost everything and then was able to climb back up, bro. Much respect. We appreciate you for coming on most definitely. Yeah, man. You just inspired me for real. For real. You know what I'm saying? You definitely inspired me. Got me. You know what I'm saying? Just even hearing stories like this, just even open up your mind bigger because mm-hmm. I ain't got to that level and then lost it on it. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's yeah. hey man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't let me do that. And I'm climbing back to that mountain like this. Right. Exactly. That's it. What? Hey, everywhere I go, man. You ain't know I lost me, man. That's you ain't lost a million men came back from it. <laughs> yeah. What? Can't tell me nothing. I'm like that on everything. For you real, know what I'm man. saying? Bro. Ronnie, man, nah, it's nah. a blessing, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep setting even that status, right? Like, yeah. you know, just even to say, yo, I'm the vice president of Finish Line. Us, where we come from, automatically in my head, I think it's a person that don't look like us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Automatic. Yeah. I'm just saying. So just even that, you know what I'm saying? Letting people, and we talk about this on this podcast, obviously do it, you know, your own style and whatever, and you can have it in moderation, but be loud about what you're doing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He, yeah. he not trying to raise no money from us or nothing like that yeah, or yeah. whatever the case may be, but he might, I don't know what all he got going on. He got a lot going on, as y'all can see, you <laughs> right, feel me? Yeah. But still he loud about it and just from him telling us what he does yeah. instead of not yeah. being like, oh, you know, I just... You know, I'm in a, I'm in a, you know, you know. Mess around a little. Yeah, mess around a little yeah, here and there. Exactly. You might get into that when people get into the details about your stuff. But our people, bro, like, say what you're doing, though. Yeah. At least, you know, baseline, because I may be like, damn, that's dope. I didn't even know that. And you went there without a degree and all. It just lets you know what you're, I may not want to go and be a vice president, but I may want to go and be a something. Exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And just make my mind open to actually what is possible. And that, hey, damn, he look like, sound like, talk like walk like me yeah i can do the same thing most yeah. definitely you know what i'm saying so big inspiration man, shout out to you man. i appreciate it for real man. that's love make sure before we get out of here make sure y'all check out the mentor program moguls in the making we still in there knocking shit out teaching people how to get this money in real estate teaching them how to go and look at different stuff like stock bringing people on to talk about stocks and bringing people in to talk about um Property insurance, like the little things, you know what I'm saying, that you don't get taxes, capital gains tax, stuff like that. Um, you know, we in there talking about all of that, man. And we go live every Friday uh, for an hour Q&A with our, with our mentees. We have some people have some huge success inside of our program. So uh, without further ado, man, we're going to get out of here. Oh, go ahead and take us out. Hey, man, just to let y'all know, we got property walkthroughs once a month as well and we have a mogul link up so y'all can get kind of sit down with people like this where we had these conversations in real life where you can Absolutely. get just so much it's invaluable um the cost of this this is a netflix membership you know it's invaluable for the amount of knowledge gain positions relationships that you're able to get from this so it's a no-brainer join it you'll see for yourself and you know what i'm saying we're gonna catch y'all on the next episode for now we out out peace peace, peace.